Come on in. Come on. <laughs> Come on in. Welcome, welcome. The slow road to better. Why do we do the slow road to better? Well, we've been lucky where we can talk about it to our our friends, people here at the Stroke Comeback Center, but now then we can tell more people across the world to learn about it. What is the it that we're talking about? Aphasia. Stroke yeah. survivors. Mm-hmm. TBI people. Life moves on. Inspiration. Help listeners. That our inspiration of a bridge of hope. I love it. Trying to help each other a lifeline. Part of it also is we started doing it. It's not because we just wanted to tell everyone to see what happened to us. But also we wanted to get better talking ourselves oh, with the phaser. Sure. And we wanted to one day, it's not going to... Phase is not leaving it, but we'd like to crush it a little bit. Let's listen in. Listen in. Good morning. How are y'all doing? Good. I am good. good. It's a good day. It's a good day. Living the the dream. (laughs) Pat, I love that. That's how I think that's how you start almost every podcast. Living the dream. (laughs) Well, today for our listeners, we have, well, for us and our listeners, we have a special guest with us. Her name is Ellen DeYoung. She's a physical therapist here in Kitty Hawk, North Carolina. I did not know this about Ellen, but uh, she went to the University of Maryland. Yay! Hello, 35 years of experience. Anything I missed, Ellen, that our listeners should know about you? Uh, I don't think so. I mean, you know, I grew up in Maryland. I went to University of Maryland. I ended up down in uh, Baltimore for the professional part of my education and graduated and took off running. Never stopped. All right. So with that, I am going to turn it over to the crew for any questions that you guys have for Ellen. So I have have a question. My first, my main, not concern, but my main question is, so I had my stroke about five years ago. I've made good progress. I'm happy with that. But does that keep going on for years or does it end at a certain point or what's the... Uh, so, so the answer yeah. to that changes every day. So when I went to school back in the dark ages, so I graduated from physical therapy school in 1987. So back then, the answer to that question was whatever you had at the end of a year was pretty much what you were going to live with. I don't believe that. I believe that your neurologic system can change every day, can grow every day, and can respond to stimuli every day. I don't think the door ever closes on being able to make progress. Your progress slows down over time Mm -hmm. and you take smaller steps, but I don't think that you ever give up or ever give in I think you you have to keep going. Thanks. Yeah, so I, I nine and a half years that they told me a year, one and a half years. Mm-hmm. I mean, every 30 years ago and nine years, it's the exact same. So I sometimes I wonder, especially in the environment that we're in today, whether that's more the insurance companies talking or the professionals talking. I think that a lot of people are limited by what 
their insurance allows. For instance, the majority of folks who have Blue Cross Blue Shield or United Healthcare or whatever private insurance you have, you guys know you have a limit on the amount of service that you can have in a calendar year. You might have 15 visits, you might have 25, you may have to get pre-authorization, you may have to get a doctor's order. But I think that in a lot of cases, people think that once therapy is over, that's it. And I see people that are five years out, six years out, nine years out, that I've treated when they first had their incident and they've kept going on their own. They can't stay in therapy because they're limited financially, but they keep going on their own. And all of a sudden, you know, their limp isn't so bad. They might be able to walk a mile now. They might be able to hold their dog's leash instead of having to walk with somebody. It might be easier. I heard you guys talking about how you're limited when it gets cold because it's so hard to put on all those clothes. So little things like that, if they get easier, all of a sudden your life is easier. So, you know, you may not go from walking with a walker to walking with nothing, but if you can go from using a walker to using a cane, all of a sudden you have a free hand now, or you can carry something. Or you might be able to, you know, do something in the kitchen that you don't need assistance with anymore. And all those little things add to your independence every day. So I don't, I don't think you ever lose the ability to improve. I think it's just that we've just set these, these, we've limited people by giving them a framework that they can't come out of. As far as I'm concerned, there is no end to the framework. You, you keep going. So you are a physical therapy. Is that the cognitive? Uh, no. Um, so like when I was at NRH, they had two different physical. One is legs and then my arm. Is that, which one are you? So in my world, I'm both. So you have, so basically after a stroke, like at NRH, usually there are three disciplines. You'll have speech therapy, you'll have physical therapy, and you'll have occupational therapy. So most of those rehabilitation centers, they split it up into upper body as occupational therapy and lower body as physical therapy. In my clinic, I wear all of those hats. So we don't specialize in stroke rehab. We're not really set up for the early part of stroke rehab, but when people are just looking for ways to enhance what they already have or a home workout program to work on to fine tune some things, that's kind of where our type of clinic comes in. But in just referencing your question, your occupational therapist was your upper body person and your PT was your lower body person. Okay. Yeah. So I have a question. I had Cigna, mm-hmm. which um, I had 90 days of to do therapy, you know, mm-hmm. and I thought that was low, mm-hmm. but then um, I have care first. Mm-hmm. Today I have care first. Yesterday, I had Cigna, but a difference 
uh, they will make. <laughs> yes. Uh, because it's a new plan, yes. you know, and they only will do therapy for 30 days. Correct. Oh my gosh. Right. Is that so, every year? Yes. 30 oh, wow. days. Wow. And that's still hard. I don't, I don't know what to do. I mean, yeah. Um, so okay, I, uh, I need to form it as a question. So, <laughs> is that a rule? <laughs> so, Obviously um, is. <laughs> Just let um, it out. <laughs> so what the legs, um, you know, the legs or the arms, what am I to do? So one thing you have to find out is that a lot of insurance companies, so basically you have to get really creative and have a therapist that's going to help you be really creative. But one of the big questions you have to find out is, does your care first split up the kinds of therapy? So some of the insurance companies will give you 30 visits for occupational therapy and 30 visits for physical therapy. If that's the case, you now yeah. have 60 visits. Okay. So that, that doubles your pleasure. So you that's one thing that you have to find out. So what we do in my clinic is I'll have my patients find out, hey, so what does your insurance cover? How many visits do you have a calendar year? If they tell me they have 30 visits and I know we're in for the long haul, I'll see them once a week for a while. Or okay. I'll see them twice a week at the beginning to get them set up on a program that they're gonna do at home. And then I'll wean them down to once a week or once every other week so that they're responsible for doing a lot of stuff at home and okay. I come in and I take where they're at and I give them the next thing to do. And then I give okay. them the next thing to do. And then, you know, every time they come in, it's kind of a constant reevaluation of, okay, this is where we were two weeks ago. Where are we today? What's your problem today? What do you want to work on today? So, I mean, you have to find somebody. The, the problem is, is that therapists move clinics frequently. So you may have a relationship with one therapist this month or this year, and then she's not there or he's not there next time you go in. And that mm -hmm. makes it really hard because you want to see the same person. So you have to, instead of going with a lot of the bigger, and this is just my personal bias, so total disclaimer, but you kind of have to be an educated consumer as far as what therapy clinics are in your area, who they participate with, and then understand that we are service providers. So you are interviewing us to provide a service to you and you have the right to fire us. So if you think we suck or you think that we are not listening to you and we're not advocating for you, then you have the right to fire us and find a therapist that's gonna to listen to you and work with you. So mm -hmm. I think that we've gotten to a point where a lot of patients, and we see a lot of this here, patients just go where they're told to go. And that's okay when you're starting, but understand that you 
have to be in a place where you think the therapist is providing an adequate service for you. And all therapists are not created equal. And you will go to some places where there's a checkoff sheet and you do the same thing every time you go in and then you get passed over to the tech or passed over to the assistant and you feel like you're chasing your tail. So you do the same thing all the time and nothing's changing. When you, have, when you treat a stroke patient or a traumatic brain injury patient, every day is an evaluation. Every day is a different day. And some days you're going to be really bad at something that you were really good at two weeks ago. And we have to be able to pivot and change gears and go to what you're succeeding at that day. Everybody needs a victory every day. Telling you that you can't do something's not helping you. Finding what you can do and making that better helps you. So you have to, you have to be in charge of your rehab. I know it seems like the doctors and the therapists and the nurses are always telling you what to do and how to do it, but you have to be able to step up and say, you know what, you're not good enough. I want to find somebody else, or right. I want a therapist to work with every time, not a tech. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. All right. So that helps. let's say <laughs> yeah, the, it helps. you have to pay and mm-hmm. then the insurance or you will fight to say this is a necessary thing this is covered and that is a battle for everyone Mm -hmm. is that a send a note or whatever is that a battle we can win or what so you're not gonna like my answer Oh God. Well, so the problem (laughs) is, is that your health insurance policy is just like your car insurance policy. It it depends on how you get your insurance. So like I buy my own insurance, my own health insurance policy on the, the exchange, just like a lot of other people. Sometimes your work buys your insurance policy. You, your insurance premium covers A, B, C, D, and E. If you want more E, you got to pay for a higher premium. You got to pay for a better insurance policy. So basically, when you sign up for your insurance in November and it starts January 1st, they designate how many visits of everything you get and how much uh, an MRI is going to cost and how much a CT scan is going to cost. And you Mm -hmm. have to get pre-approval for this and pre-approval for that. You You cannot go outside the bounds of that. So if you buy an insurance policy that has 30 visits, that is what you get. Now, when you're talking about Medicare, Medicare has gone into the soft cap phase where if you can prove medical necessity, then you can go a little bit into the gray area and go kind of beyond the cap, but then you're subject to audit and they'll come in and audit your charts and They'll decide whether they thought that you documented whether things were really medically necessary or not. But when it comes to the Blue Crosses and the United Healthcare's and the Cigna's and the Aetna's, the policy you buy is what you're entitled to based on that premium. And I have not really seen any appeals succeed. All right. Ellen, this is Pat here. And um, I was actually in the Army for about almost 10 years and I got 
I I got um I got hurt in Iraq to go to um three different parts of America for like the next uh-huh. two years because I was I was a big time huge uh what do you just call it the penetrating TBI mm-hmm. so um so my question about OT is is this one of the good questions for you so OT yeah or? go right ahead okay there's a difference and I don't understand they need to come up with a new name or a different job or come at different because you have people like what like I'm saying right here some of these people right here that have OT that they're armed mm-hmm. because of your brain and it's not it's not as strong or right. it's really weak but then you have other people who have OT where they can't think they don't know that they're like making uh pots or something and they forget you know or just catch on fire in the house or sure. this all this stuff about all these um trying to kind of like they have to practice doing uh monopoly all the time for me personally like i couldn't even think like what to do and everything but over years i got better but i just remember i i just wondering why isn't that two different work two, two different jobs or two different i think it's um, just two different subspecialties actually and i think that we are still trying to unravel traumatic brain injury i don't think we have a, a good handle on it I think that we have been saturated with a lot of veterans that have traumatic brain injuries and we're not doing as well as we could because we just don't know enough. I mean, it's true. We, you know, I mean, just look at the basic concussion strategies as applied to sports. It's like, well, do some vision exercises and you do some memory exercises and you stay out of bright lights and try to keep your brain calm. I mean, there's got to be more to it than that, but we just haven't gotten that far. I agree. It's just interesting how like all these uh, NFL players, Mm -hmm. all they again and again for like the last 50 years playing football they just mm-hmm. destroyed their brains they got sure. huge tbis or other you know and then they and they finally kill themselves because they don't know what they're doing you know right and there are some there are some parkinson syndromes that are actually a cumulative traumatic stuff where they start with the tremor and then they actually proceed almost all the way through a parkinson scenario but they don't really have Parkinson's, they have head injury Parkinson's. So it's a whole different animal. And like yeah. I said, I think we just don't know enough. We know what to do for amputees. We know what to do for a lot of stroke stuff, but even the, the brain development, memory, cognition part of strokes, we, we, don't, we don't know a whole lot to do with that either. You know, that's kind of like the missing link that we're still trying to figure out. But I think it's just the research. We, You know, they're just still making strides every day. And again, I think that's where folks like you kind of get stuck is that everybody's told you that, well, you've got an endpoint. I don't think you do. I think it's a struggle to keep going and stay motivated. But I think the possibilities are endless. It's just finding a way to stay in the game. I got really lucky. I was, uh, my wife, she really wanted to save me, try to put me back together and see how good Uh I would go. You know, a lot of places 
they're used to, okay, you've got eight visits, go. What are we going to do in eight visits? None of you are eight visit people. That's why, Nobody like is. I said, you have to, it, you have to be an educated consumer and search out mm. the people who are going to work for you, not against you. Right. And it's hard and you're going to probably hire and fire a lot of people, but when you get to the long road, your, your best approach is to think, okay, I'm going to do most of this on my own independently. I'm going to work at this every day at home, but I need somebody to jumpstart me every couple of weeks or once a month or whatever to challenge me to do something new, something different. Uh, kind of like the way that you guys challenge each other with your aphasia. So you make yourselves talk, you make yourselves use sentence structure, you make her form a question. That's the same thing you have to do to yourself from a physical standpoint. Every day is training day. Every day you might all of a sudden learn how to manipulate something in your hands that you couldn't do before. Every right. day that you put on a coat, you might put it on smoother today than you did the day before. And every activity of daily life is an exercise that never ends. You, you try to do it better the, today than you did yesterday. And for Pat, you know, that's your wife is probably the most important medical tool you had because trying to navigate these pathways is like working a calculus problem. You, you run into a roadblock and you've got to put in a different formula and then you've got to go to a different fork in the road. And then, oh, did you got, not get that notarized? Oh, got to have that notarized. Oh, that your birth date's wrong. That's, you got to go back to the beginning. It's, it is a calculus problem to get service. Do you have any suggestions for our listeners on managing tone? I, I mean, I don't think there is a good answer. I think that most like these days we're hearing a lot about Botox injections. I don't know if any of you guys have had Botox injections. Yep. Tone. That's pretty much the biggest, best physical agent that you can utilize for tone and stretching and calming and, and actually strengthening the more you can strengthen in normal patterns the less tone's going to be able to take over. The biggest problem with tone is that as soon as it starts to happen, your whole system kind of goes into override, which increases tone. So if you can kind of, as soon as you feel it start to happen, like in the cold, if you can kind of walk yourself off that plank and try to get into that relax mode, that's probably the only thing that you can really do about it other than the Botox injections. And do you have any suggestions? And I know everyone's different and people's abilities and starting points are different. So I know this is like, you know, look into the black box and pull out an answer, but are there some, some exercises or even just thoughts or strategies that people could use as a place to start? So some tools in their toolbox that regardless, like, always try to incorporate your weak side or two-handed activities or you always want to cross midline. Everybody tries to, everybody operates in a frontal plane. You've got to rotate and cross over even 
even if you don't even think you're doing anything to watch yourself in a mirror. One of the biggest things you can do is watch yourself in a mirror and move. And as soon as you start to move incorrectly, kind of back your way out of it, try to change that movement pattern. As far as like what everybody can do, the most important thing you can do is work on your posture. Nothing oh. makes nothing mm -hmm. makes you look older or more debilitated than that. Well, <laughs> nothing will make you look older or more debilitated than sitting like this. And for our listeners, mm -hmm. we were all sort of slunched over. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, great. in this in this era of everybody doing everything on a computer, what do you do? You're forward Absolutely. because the keyboard's yeah. in front of you, your mouse is in front of you, your touch screen's in front of you, or iPad, yep. your phone. The, the smaller the device, the more you bend over. So one of the things that you, that everybody can do, regardless of what stage of stroke or traumatic brain injury you're in, is sit up tall, pull your shoulder blades back at every possible opportunity, get up against a wall, get, yeah, I saw that adjustment, get up against the wall, get up against your door frame, pull those shoulder blades back, open your chest up. That's going to help your breathing, your digestion, your voice, your ability to swallow. The further your head pitches forward, the more it affects your voice, the more it closes down your ability to swallow. All those things that the speech therapist told you, you know, five years ago or seven years ago or however many years ago, fix it. Mm -hmm. they, so, uh, <laughs> my wife gets so mad at me because they don't shave enough. Mm -hmm. <laughs> These are like, you look so old. <laughs> well, but you know, these are all, we, we, God love our families, right? They lay it on the line. Mm. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing you can do bar none is work on your posture, be up tall, shoulders back, military, military mm. posture. <laughs> it never goes away. Well, I haven't been in the military and well, like almost 15 years so i don't know what the rules are nowadays i don't think any Let's of us do the exact same do it now as 14 years ago yeah i don't think any of us know what the rules are anymore but who needs rules we're all rule breakers anyway we're all right, right. you're not the supposed only, to be in the military no and the only way the only way that you guys progress is to go off the rails and find your own path anyway yeah and that, I mean, if you take nothing away from this, but the fact that you're, you're not a collective group, you know, nobody, there is no one stroke, there is no one traumatic brain injury, but that's mm -hmm. what makes the entity so hard to treat is that every therapist that treats you has to bring their A game every single day because you are a puzzle. There's no, there's no easy road you know that somebody you're you're going to go down crooked roads and you're going to have to take a fork and your fork's going to be different than pat's fork it's going to be different than dante's fork but you just have to keep walking down the road there's there's no reason for you to stop right it's uh, yeah i totally agree everyone's different it drives me crazy mm -hmm. man mm -hmm. everyone has like the same but we're not like I don't know, twins or something. We're we're all different. Everyone's different with a stroke or a TBI. Or... Yeah, yeah. It's like the movie Step Brothers. You know, I mean, they're supposed to be brothers, but they're completely different, raised completely different, and two different personalities, two different ways to manage. And 
unfortunately, like I said, with the traumatic brain injury stuff, we are way behind on, I mean, 10 years from now, you'll probably have the answers to your questions. Every during uh, March in like, I forget what the name of the road, it's right across the street from Congress and it's like a TBI mm-hmm. day or whatever. So they asked Patty and I to just go look around and see it and all this stuff. See, and you go there and you see all these different, like, I don't know. It's like, but you go there and you meet, you everyone tell you all this stuff, said something for like, you had to talk for like five minutes. And then they had like a uh, thing from the military was a, they talked for five minutes and uh, CDC talked for five minutes. And then they talked to this one guy he talked for like a minute and he was just like, this is ridiculous. He's like, you people have been just talking about this. This is, we know this has been going on for 20 years for TBI. Let's go fix it. <laughs> like, he was just like serious. He was like, <laughs> well, I mean, we're, we're seeing that with all of the different groups that are trying to lobby for better healthcare better healthcare uh, services, better healthcare reimbursement. But, you know, until, until we can fight through the madness in DC to try to have a better system. And to be honest with you, after doing this for as long as I have, I am discouraged by the way healthcare is being administered and by the way the healthcare insurance companies seem to dictate care. There are you know, people that I talk to on the phone who are 20 years old, not even out of, out of any kind of professional school telling me that you get eight visits and that what I'm doing isn't medically necessary. Really? Why don't you come down to the clinic and tell me what you think is medically necessary? Right. Do you even know what right. I do in a day? Do you have yep. any idea? Exactly. And that, that is, that's your biggest enemy. It's my biggest enemy too. And I don't, like, like Pat just said, they do a lot of talking. They've had a lot of meetings about healthcare, but has anybody seen any improvement? <laughs> I mean, truly, I, I mean, in my world, I am not seeing any improvement. I'm seeing things get worse. So what about you guys? My biggest concern is that it is so hard to do something like my, I needed a, another arm piece at night. And Mm -hmm. it's like two or three months, Mm -hmm. but they know that they are going to do it no matter what, why just do it. Just do it. Exactly. Oh no, I, I, I see your, I see that every day. I see that every day. And that's, that's part of our frustration as healthcare providers. I see apps. It, 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 you, like you said, you know, that, you know, that, you know, that this is medically necessary. It is not a ridiculous, uh, ask as far as cost goes or anything else, you have the order, you have pre-approval. It should be an automatic. It should be in the mail, like in 24, it should be Amazon drone dropped in 24 hours. So why isn't it? I have one more question. And I, um, I'm 
currently, well, no, no, no. I currently have a fit me. It's an exercise thing, you know. Then um, someone called me and um, talked to me about a modest, no, 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 a Monty. It was a hand um, that can, um, it had bends your hand and lowers your hand and it can play games. It's okay. like um, uh, sensors okay. on it, but it was like 500 a month. Ooh. And um, if you um, did um, a promotion, um, if you did um, three times with saying, um, if you videoed, it mm-hmm. for three times and um, tagged it, um, they would take off a month. And I was like, mm, I don't know because $500 a month. Right. Right. So did you see the, the one where they were offering you the credit to tag it three times? Was that on Instagram by any chance? Yeah. Okay, so, um, yeah, so I have actually had experience with three different Instagram scams like that. Okay. I'm a little, little (laughs) skeptical when they say, well, tag three people and blah, 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 blah. And all of a sudden they have your credit card and now they have your car payment too. So (laughs) let me me just uh, look at that. I got like a, a last question. Last question. Uh, question. Um, do you know much about um, the, the buy an ass? Yeah. So my leg lady, she used it for a while, and she did not really get a whole lot of long term function from it. It worked while it was on, but she didn't really think that it did a whole lot uh, when she what like there was no carryover effect from it. And well, I have. I have the one for um, um, walking Mm -hmm. and that thing is the best thing ever because it's better than a brace because it's Mm -hmm. actually using parts of your leg. So I was using it every day, nonstop when I was training. And then uh, that has a lot to do with it. But then what happened was the thing was great. And then what happened with, with Bionis is they, Get rid of the thing you're supposed to put it in your in your shoe. Well, that's what I was going to ask you if you had the one that went in your shoe. Yeah, they got rid of it, and so now it's the Bioness Go. Ellen, what did you think of the hand aspect of the Bioness? Well, I felt like the the lower extremity one was better than the hand one. And yeah, but my my lady who did not get the same result that Pat got. Part of it was she did not use it as much as Pat used it. And I don't know, Pat, if you had any experience with having to have it like updated or serviced or whatever, but she ran into issues getting it serviced. And then she just finally was like, it's just too much trouble. I'm not going to do it. So part of it was compliance. Yeah. I just remember. Because I, um, I, 
had a meeting um, with Bioness two weeks ago, mm -hmm. and they told me um, the VA approved it, but the other um, insurances, um, they'll submit a request, but um, the, but um, if the, it's a long shot, shot that the request would be approved and it was um, $5,000. Yes. Yeah. Yes. <clears throat> we have <laughs> sucked up more of Ellen's time than I said we would because now it is 1103. Oh, Ellen, wow. this is always my last question though. Is there anything that we did not ask you that you wish the listeners of the Slow Road to Better knew about long-term recovery? I just think it's a daily battle. Uh, I, I mean, you can, th there are tons and tons and tons and tons of resources available for exercise online. There are a million apps. There's a million adaptive devices. There's, there's a, a never ending supply of information. The problem is being an educated consumer and weeding through it and not being taken in by the scammerama stuff. Cause again, it's yeah. not only is it a time suck, but it's a money suck. And the other thing is, is that you have to stay motivated. And I don't, I don't think anybody has the answer to that. You have to figure out what your thing in life is to stay motivated, whether it's yourself, your spouse, your kids, yeah. your grandkids, a wedding coming up, a 50th anniversary, whatever it is, you just have to find it inside of you and just keep moving. It can't catch you if you keep moving. You just have to keep going. Awesome. Well, thank you so, so, so much for your time and your insight and your optimistic view on recovery, because I think we all agree with you here on the slow road to better. So with that, I think we're going to wrap it up on this episode of our lawyers made us say this disclaimers what about disclaimers your opinion the group opinion is not valid well it is but it's valid but i'm having a disclaimer so that we don't get in trouble yes doctors doctors who's doctor There's um they, they. Their doctor. Yes. All right. Yes. So if people hear something on this podcast, you should ask your doctor. Doctor. Amen. <laughs>